the glory days are here to say the 80s horror show. Take a stroll down memory's lane, it's time to start the show. The gory days, the gory days, the gory days, the gory days. The show where we take a stroll down memory slain to remember our favorite horror movies. Here once again for another week of American Horror Story 1984, episode 5, this week's episode titled Red Dawn. I'm Kyle Leone, your host for another week, and boy, this episode Red Dawn, of course, referencing the uh, 1980s movie, I'm not sure exactly what year it came out uh, then, then had a remake recently, and also referring to the dawn that happens in this episode, we finally made it in episode 5. Five, the sun is rising at the very end of this episode. Uh, well, not at the very end. We get some more action as uh, the day goes on. But before I get to that, episode five finally hit and it's happened. Every season of American Horror Story has one season, has one episode within its season that flips everything on its head. And this is it. This is finally the one that came there. I mean, Montana says it. We could be gods here. Let's just get started with my first segment, which is called... What the hell just happened? So we start off with 1980, young Donna in 1980. We were going to see Donna Chambers. I'm going to refer to fake Rita as Donna Chambers since that's her name now. Or as we learn her, as we, as we learn here, she calls herself Dee Dee. And so did her dad. And in fact, it's a little pet name that uh, just her family uses. But I'm going to call her Donna and I might call her Dee Dee. She finds out that her dad is a murderer. She... Long story short, her dad is a murderer, and we get this first instance of a major theme that's going to come up multiple times in this episode, and really has been happening in all the episodes, which is uh, coming up later in my other uh, theme segment, but right now he says, she asks, how long have you been doing this? And he says, my entire life, I was born with this, and I'll die with it. And uh, anyway, she tries to say, I'll help you, and he says, I almost believe you, Dee Dee, and he kills himself, he stabs himself in the neck. And then we flash forward to now, flash forward to 1984, where we see the Night Stalker and Dee Dee last episode. The Night Stalker had just resurrected in front of Donna's eyes, and uh, we that, that was it. That was the cut to black cliffhanger. Here we see that the Night Stalker approaches Dee Dee and uh, summons her dad or the spirit of her dad somehow. Uh, with his Satan magic powers, or at least makes her see her dad, uh, who who says evil is born and you are the fruit of its seed. The darkness is inside you. Um, and then we go to uh, Burning Car, the burning car that Xavier and uh, Chet and Montana and Margaret Booth were all surrounding, and uh, Brooke were all surrounding at the end. And like I said, I was right. When Xavier's like, we have to burn the whole camp down, he's immediately talked out of it, just like I suspected. Uh, was one of my two. I got 50-50 shot. I was right. And in his frenzy, Margaret Booth bonks him on the head. They take him to Margaret Booth's cabin, and Chet and Margaret Booth decide to go out on a boat for some reason. I watched the episode twice, and I couldn't get why they go out on the boat. There's something on the other side of the lake, and why they couldn't just go around is beyond me. But uh, Xavier is out. Chet and Margaret Booth leave. It's Brooke and Montana who are alone, and Brooke 
sees Ray outside in between that Montana is like thinking about killing Brooke. But the, the big takeaway is Brooke goes outside to go see Ray. That's right. Ray. Remember Ray, the frat guy who killed his Asian buddy twice. Remember Ray, the guy who got his head sliced off as he was trying to leave on Trevor's crotch rocket. <laughs> Ray, Ray's back. So Ray and uh, Brooke are in the woods, and he doesn't remember what happened, kind of like Jonas. Uh I'm thinking I was right again. (laughs) Like, I'm a genius. Like, these writers didn't set these things up for for us to to get them, to to think of them, guess them, and be right. But I was right, and I guessed it. We see Margaret Booth and Chet in a boat, and long story short, Margaret kills Chet. She beats him with an oar, and then slices off his ear and anchors him to the bottom of the lake, and we can only assume he drowns, or can we? But that's when we go to Ray and Brooke in the mess hall. So here, they they both share little monologues with each other, and one really isn't equal to the other. (laughs) Brooke shares one about, uh, once again, the same guy that she ended up marrying, but apparently they knew each other even as kids and had a really bizarre emotionally one-sided relationship even back then and ray tells a story that isn't really at all similar uh but he's like yeah i know what you mean um but they smooch and then they do more than smooch more on that later we see xavier on montana back in the cabin and this is where we get that line from last ep- or from the promo of last episode, because Rita, I mean Donna, shows up. Man, I had one thing. Why did I even bother? Donna shows up, and uh, this is where she confesses that she's the one that let Mister Jingles out and and started all of this nightmare. And that's when uh, uh, he says, "You did this to me. You're the. It's your fault. I'll never be on the cover of TV Guide." Um, and Xavier grabs a hatchet from Montana and chases Donna into the woods, and Ray and Brooke, back in the mess hall, got together. They had sex. In fact, it was Brooke's first time, <laughs> and it's a really weird exchange after that. I, oh, so I popped your cherry. How do you feel? She says, thirsty. <laughs> so they go over to the fridge to get a drink, and they find a head in the fridge and it's Ray's head and she just slept with him and she's like, oh my God, what are you? And she leaves and Brooke and Montana are, and so Brooke leaves, runs all the way back to the cabin that Montana was in and she tries to tell Montana what she's seen, but Montana like is evil and says, don't worry, Brooke, bonk, you'll be leaving soon. That's when we get the 20 minutes until sunrise title card. Uh, And so I was thinking, oh, 20 minutes, like 20 movie minutes, where this is going to be the end of this episode. Next episode will be the sunrise. But no, we got it and more in this episode. So Brooke wakes up and Montana has her tied up uh, in the cabin. I don't even know if she's tied up, but she's knocked out. And this is where Montana unloads on Brooke. And uh, she's kicking her and it's awful. And Brooke's asking her, why are you doing this? And Montana basically explains uh why she hates her is because sam well yeah if you know why she hates her then you get it but uh brooke stabs montana in the leg and then knocks her out with a stereo before getting away (laughs) uh and that's when we go to donna who's been running away from xavier uh donna is in the infirmary i think Uh, it doesn't matter he's she's somewhere safe 
where Mr. Jingle shows up and says, you never should have brought me here. And she says, I just wanted to understand him. Uh, her father, she's talking about. And Mr. Jingles uh, lets her go and pulls a some bullets out of his stomach because he was in bad shape at the end of last episode, but he's a war veteran and he's tough as nails. So he can pull bullets out of himself. No problem. And he tells Donna about Margaret Booth's lie that we learned about at the end of last or not at the end, but in last episode about Margaret Booth killing the cabin back in 1970s and framing Mr. Jingles for all of it. And, Donna begs Mr. Jingles to kill her, and he says, no, you gotta live with what you've done, and we go back to Brooke in the mess hall, and damn, Brooke and Montana are fighting, Brooke is a good fighter, and here the fighting looks really, like, frenzied and authentic, I wanna give a special shout-out, <laughs> not a shout-out, because I didn't look out their name, but kudos to those stunt doubles and the, like, sound editor and DP for making all of that look just like it was Brooke and Montana fighting, I know, of course, it wasn't them, because that fight is brutal, but uh, they, they made it look amazing. And so she says, you're psychotic. Brooke says, you're psychotic. And Montana says, maybe a little. But that doesn't, maybe a little. But that doesn't change how this is going to end. <laughs> so then Margaret Booth and Mr. Jingles meet finally. And Mr. Jingles starts choking Margaret Booth. And it really looks like he's going to finally kill her, thank God. But then Xavier shoots him with an arrow. He gets shot with a bunch of arrows. And he says, he talks about how he played Robin Hood in 1979. Uh, and he kills him. Xavier kills Mr. Jingles. Granted, he was already like suffering and recovering from some recent bullet wounds. But man, good for Xavier. And he does a little like victory jump. It's cute. Uh, and then unfortunately margaret booth kills xavier like right away and cuts off his ear too she's she's on an ear frenzy uh this episode uh she cut off chet's ear earlier too and then mr jingles wakes up like he was dead he was tv dead when we see the way he died that's like hard confirmation oh he he died so when he wakes up the night stalker is eerily sitting right above him and laughing and asks him do you accept satan as your master and they cut to black and when we come back the sun's up the sun's already up <laughs> i was like what uh and there's a bus of kids here and they're <laughs> i thought it was funny they're just arriving at camp redwood and they're singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall and when they're like just arriving they've only gotten to 98 <laughs> so so they, they either just started that song after maybe a, a bus ride of silence or other songs or they only live like a few blocks away that they're able to get through one verse and then boom they're there <laughs> anyway uh the bus arrives while Brooke and Montana are fighting, and the whole, oh my god, it's so, like, darkly funny. The whole bus of kids sees Brooke kill Montana uh, with a knife. And then we cut to, the police are here, and ambulances arrive, and it's such a, like, breath of relief to see some kind of sense being made here after, oh my god, this one night, five episodes of madness, four and a half episodes of madness. So, Brooke's taken away by the police, Margaret Booth stabs herself in the leg and lies to Peg Brooke, and also gets taken away by the police, uh, we can assume, I don't remember if there's any, like, you know, shot of that, but that's what I think it's safe to assume, and Ray is, his vitals are checked, and he has no heartbeat, because he's a ghost, and he gets taken away in the ambulance, but as soon as he leaves the, like, limits of Camp Redwood, 
he vanishes from the ambulance and reappears in Camp Redwood where he died. Uh, and he seems to have a little bit more memory of, he, he says, like, I just wanted to leave. Uh, whereas before he was just walking and his head was a little fuzzy. And he said he just wanted to go home. And Jonas shows up and says, this is home. And Jonas, we haven't seen in like two episodes. So uh, he finally is happy to see somebody else he can talk to maybe about being dead. Uh, and so then we see the police are packing up and Montana is there and the police is like, tell me what's wrong. She says, I'm fucking dead. That's what. And she kills him. She kills the cop. And that's, 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 that's a huge, like, uh, noticeable crime. I wonder what's going to happen with that. Like, that's something that his, his family's going to miss him. These, these aren't, he's not a, a runaway teen or some like bizarre, like a 20 year old living on his own. He, he's got he's got like he's got a report home he's got to turn in his gun to register it at the end of the day they got to count the bullets like it, there's there's protocols gonna happen and anyway the car that got stolen wasn't montana stealing it or anything it was the night stalker and the night stalker has mr jingles in the car with him and they're driving off to la and it's nuts and that's the episode so if you uh, just watched it like I just did, you probably have a lot of questions. Uh, first, let's address some of the questions from last week's episode. First, what happened to Jonas? Well, we still don't really have an answer, but he's back. Uh, my next question is, was Margaret Booth telling the truth? No, she's never telling the truth. Uh, so we can we can write that one off. Uh, when she sta- I mean, she's, no, she's never telling the truth. Uh, is the Night Stalker's uh, Satan resurrection a one-time deal? That we don't know. We've still only seen people get resurrected one time. Uh, so who knows about that? But tonight I've got even more questions. First off, how come the Night Stalker and Mr. Jingles are allowed to leave Camp Redwood, but Jonas and Ray can't? It seems like, I mean, it's something I'll address in uh, one of my theories, but... It seems like there's two, like, versions of resurrection here. Uh, uh, my sub-question to this is, is it safe to assume Montana and Xavier can't leave either? I, th- I think so. I think that's an obvious one, but I want to ask it anyway. Can Chet come back from the bottom of the lake? I mean, he's stuck down there. Personally, I have a theory about that as well, but even if he is dead at the bottom of that lake... Uh, the other people seem to respawn, if you will, right where they died and, uh, kind of like in not similar conditions, but at least on the exact geological spot. So how would Chet, would he just show up in the middle of the lake and have to swim to shore? Probably. Um, maybe that'll happen. We'll see. My next question is what's going to happen to Brooke now that all of these murders have been pinned on her? Um, and what about the ears and that, that Margaret Booth has and that Mr. Jingles MO that she's been trying to pin? Are they just going to try to spin that as Mar- as uh, Brooke was a copycat killer and just doing that? There's a lot of unaccounted for deaths that uh, people, I assume, yeah, the police are going to be really happy to see. Oh, yeah, 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 that's convenient. They She killed all of them, all of them. So uh, no mysteries here. I, re- I really hope Brooke is okay. Uh, and I have some theories about her. Where was Donna when the cops came and went at sunrise? The last we saw, she was in the infirmary after Mr. Jingles had talked to her, but the cops, I mean, she's still on the camp somewhere. 
Uh, so, so that was a question I had. I kind of already asked it, but will that cop's death be investigated? His family, his his fish, like, it, 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 will it matter? I know it won't. I know it won't. If it does, I will be really surprised and happy because that that would be a a fun wrinkle. But I, I don't think anything's gonna happen with that cop's death. Where is the Night Stalker taking Mr. Jingles? Obviously, they're going to L.A. By the way, it's 166 miles from that sign. That's a long drive, even without traffic. They, I hope they have enough music to listen to because they're not going to be laughing all the way there about seatbelts. But where are they going? Uh, are they going back to like his, his, his hideout? Or uh, are they going to hunt in a new environment? Who knows? We'll, maybe we'll find out. I hope so. And then who are Xavier and Montana killing in the promo? It looked like a photographer or something, but I'd have to imagine that this place would be re... Not quarantined, but, like, uh, boarded off. Of course, that doesn't stop people, even today, when, you know, police tape. Maybe, if even if anything, that attracts more people. And that's all of my questions for my segment that I forgot to even say. I said that I had questions, but that segment... The aforementioned segment was titled Mystery LLC. The forthcoming segment will be titled screaming themes this is the and here we are at screaming themes this is the segment where i talk about some of the themes that have been going on in this show i mentioned it before is uh i'll call it nature versus nurture is one truly born evil or is evil made it's a question, I feel like it's a uh, philosophical question that people have been asking for probably centuries, as far back as Plato, as far back as philosophy goes. Is evil inherent? Are people tr- born instantly evil, or do they not earn it? But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, getting your merit badges, but no, it's accruing a, a series of traumatic experiences or... Uh, the like, to create a sociopath, psychopath, uh, homicidal maniac. We have lots of people who feel very differently on both sides. We have Team Born Evil, which is Team, uh, which is uh, Dr. Hopple, and Margaret Booth, it would seem, um, though she wants to uh, redeem herself. It seems like she believes that there's, uh, like, the only thing that can save people from their inherent evil is God, uh, even if it's trial by fire. And then we have the other side of it. Uh, and Dr. Hopple, of course, believes that people are evil because she's the worst doctor in the uh, in the world. She sh- should never have been given a medical license, but uh, it's a TV show. I just hope it doesn't reflect real life. And then on the other side, we've got uh, Donna, who honestly like doesn't really know anymore. She thought she truly believed that, no, no one is born evil. Everyone who is deemed quote unquote evil was created that way through a series of uh, circumstances or society or uh, a mixture of everything. And uh, Mr. Jingles who represents that idea, like kind of incarnate that he did go to war and managed to come back and not kill anyone. What a, what a novel concept. In fact, it was the framing of killing people that pushed him to actually kill people, uh, <laughs> which is uh, representative of that second side. That evil is not made, or evil is not born. It is made. It is created. And in Mister Jingle's case, it was created by Margaret Booth. Uh, oh man, what a twisted story that Margaret Booth and Benji uh, situation is for multiple reasons. But 
yeah, so my other theories from before, guilt and shame, redemption, revenge, promises, those are those are all alive and well, and I don't have to prove anything. Next this is my favorite quote. So uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of these, uh, well, three out of the four are all delivered by Xavier. One of the four is about Xavier. <laughs> Xavier gets all of the good lines in this show. Uh, and uh, so my runner-ups, of course, num- coming in at number four, uh, I am burning with the fire of a thousand white-hot suns! As he, as Xavier's standing next to the burning fire and uh, still coming off of, like, being stuck in an oven and stabbing Birdie, man. I mean, he's having that dream where he's still thinking about stabbing Birdie. It's, it's, it's nuts. Uh, coming in at number three is, should we wake him up? Montana, the less we, the less he sees of this night, the better. <laughs> He's, uh, I guess you're right. Xavier is concussed after getting knocked in the back of the head, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's probably best that he sleep it off." Even after suggesting, "Should we wake him up? You're not supposed to sleep with a concussion." Oh, I thought that was hilarious. And then number two. I played Robin Hood in 79. Stage door dinner theater, Tustin. Thanks to Camp Redwood, I'm back in character. As he's shooting, as Xavier's shooting arrows into, like, Mr. Jiggle's jugular and throat and stuff. And then finally, the number one, the winner of favorite quote this episode is, It's your fault my future is in radio! Ooh, shots fired. It's like they knew we were making uh, reaction content to this kind of stuff. (laughs) Uh, So that's my favorite quote. Now I can move to kills, kills, kills. There were so many deaths in this episode, and so many of them were like the top-billed characters, which makes makes me feel like it's safe to assume that they will all come back. Save for uh, Donna's dad. I think he's uh, done. We had him. He stabbed himself in the throat. And I guess we can count uh, his date that's like disemboweled on that uh, bed. It's really nasty. Oh, God, and how she wakes up. Uh, so, so, uh, Donna's dad stabbing himself through the neck and having all that blood squirt out, uh, <laughs> was the noise I was going to make. And I thought, why not? Uh, let's see. Then we've got the, we've got Mr. Jingles who's shot with arrows by Xavier. We've got Xavier himself who's stabbed in the chest by Margaret Booth, uh, and his neck is cut off or no, he's not stabbed in the chest. He's stabbed and like pulled down also not vivisected kind of, but like, man, a deep cut and a long pull down from margaret booth so xavier's dead montana's dead getting stabbed in the chest from brooke right in front of all those kids the policeman oh chet gets beaten with an oar and then anchored and then his hand is like stomped on and his ear is sliced off and he sinks to the bottom of the lake uh did i say the policeman the policeman gets shot (laughs) It's it's a bloody, bloody episode, but it needs to be because this is like the halfway point. I think, yeah, so, like I said, there needs to be one episode that everything gets turned on its head. And so I think this is the episode with the most amount of deaths. I'm not sure. But for those of you counting at home, that brings our total number of deaths to 19. And that's not counting the nine deaths in the 1970s cabin, uh, which would bring us up to a higher number than that math. That's it for Kills, Kills, Kills. Now we go to Theory Canal, my final and favorite segment where I get to talk about how I was right or uh, uh, 
different in my prediction. Last week, my predictions included that we would see more ghosts than Jonas. I was totally right. Last week, I believed that we would see more ghosts than Jonas. I was totally right. I also theorized that Mr. Jingles would die, but he would live on. I was totally right. These are just some of my past theories that are coming true. Uh, Margaret, let's see, something that'll turn this whole... Okay, so yeah, for something that'll turn this whole season on my head, I had a lot of uh, out there theories, but let's see. I don't think any of them are coming true. They're all dead. No, Brooke tricked everyone. No, it's it's not a computer simulation. It's not an experiment. Uh, they're not jumping forward in time. So I don't think any of those came true. Let's get to my theories for tonight. Starting off with, so I, my theory, there are two forms of resurrection we're working with here. There's the satanic method via the Night Stalker's uh, direct involvement with your death. Uh, take, for instance, Mr. Jingle's situation where he dies and comes back to, or wakes up, and in that moment he gets asked a question. And it's assuming he does, he says uh, yes, because at the end he's driving away with uh, Mr. Jingles. Uh, I mean, with uh, the Night Stalker. But are there any others? I wonder if we'll see any other, like, disciples of either Satan or the Night Stalker who are also given this power of resurrection. But the other form of resurrection that we see is some unknown method through uh, dying within the, like, confines, the area of Camp Redwood, which we've seen with Jonas, uh, Ray, Montana, and Xavier thus far. Will we see Trevor, Chet, uh, Chef Birdie, the copycat Mr. Jinkles, and all the other people who have died come back? Probably. Maybe there'll be a big pizza party at the end. Ooh, or a prom or something, or like a talent show. That would be a very freak show. <laughs> uh, so, uh, anyway, moving. So, so, I don't really have anything to build off of there. It's just that those are our two uh, methods of being resurrected in this show is either through the Night Stalker, who has set sail. I can only assume to go hunt down Brooke, because she's the one that got away for both of them. Uh, no, I kind of spoiled my my other theory. Or I segued into it very, very seamlessly. I think the Night Stalker is driving uh, Jingles to go back to L.A. to finish Brooke off. I think it's safe to assume that Camp Redwood is like... The closest largest city would be Los Angeles. I say that out loud and that doesn't seem right, but it's a TV show. I think that's where all the police went. I think that's where they're taking Brooke and Margaret Booth. And I think that's where the Night Stalker and Jingles are headed to, to finish what they started. Uh, maybe they'll fight over uh, her at, at, in the end. Maybe Mr. Jingles will have a change of heart and turn on uh, the Night Stalker and have his eternal soul like burst into flames because he was supposed to promise it to Satan. Who knows? Maybe we'll get to see Satan. Maybe Satan will possess him. Who knows? I think Chet lived. The way the deaths have been in this show, there's kind of two different kinds of deaths. There's the deaths where people are for sure dead, and then there's the deaths where we can't really be sure. Obviously, he's beat over the head, but he also survives that, and he's fighting pretty much all the way until he uh, sinks beneath the brine. Uh, but I, uh, something tells me that he's a fighter, and he's already swimming his way back to shore. And in fact, I think Chet and Donna will, like team up somehow as the living team and try to fend off Xavier and the Montana ghost team. That's another theory that I have. I think wherever Brooke and Margaret Booth are being taken, 
Margaret Booth, I think Brooke is going to try to get revenge on Margaret Booth somehow for getting her into all this uh, situation. Oh, maybe they'll go back to the asylum. That would be a fun way to tie things uh, back together. Um, <laughs> the asylum, of course, being from uh, American Horror Story season two, which I understand is uh, one of the most popular, if not the second best after maybe the first season. Uh, my next theory is that we'll follow Brooke and Margaret Booth briefly, but we're mostly going to shift uh, to the ghosts of Ray, Jonas, Montana, and Xavier killing people at Camp Redwood. And maybe even like Montana and Xavier will want to keep killing, but Ray will want to keep trying to leave while Jonas is like just despondent and doesn't care, but he's happy to have other people to hang out with finally. Uh, so that would be interesting to see uh, the, the the ghosts fight with each other. Uh, it, it feels like that's where this show's going. God, it's so hard to tell. It's it's fun with shows like this that are more self-contained and have uh, I don't know, like they're not going on for season after season after season. There is an end point. Uh, maybe it's a reflection of uh, our attention spans. But I like the more contained miniseries or limited series, whatever you call them. Uh, finally. In addition to taking Mr. Jingles back to get uh, Brooke, I think Night Stalker is also going to take him on as his like disciple of Satan and kind of his Renfield, the vampire-like slave or the the human slave that really wants to be a vampire. Like maybe he'll uh, they'll have this status change would be pretty interesting since they were really kind of the opposite where. Uh, the Night Stalker came off of this just like punk kid, whereas uh, Mr. Jingles was the authority on killing the legend. Whew, and that's that. That's American Horror Story Season 9, Episode 5, Red Dawn. Uh, that's everything I got. I'm just going to wrap it up. Until next time, stay scary out there. Have a gory day.